It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. How can you achieve and maintain business growth? Harvard Business School Executive Education is now accepting applications for a new program, Driving Profitable Growth. Taking place in Boston from October 25th through the 28th, this program focuses on business expansion and organizational growth strategies that can lead your company into the future. Learn more about this three-day program for senior leaders by visiting hbs.me slash growth. That's hbs.me slash growth. You are Locked On Celtics, your daily Celtics podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, and welcome back to the Locked On Celtics podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. We are the Rain and Jays, John Corrales and Jay King, back to talk Celtics for you. Today's show brought to you by the good folks at SeatGeek. What they do is they make the smartest, easiest way for you to find tickets to NBA games or anything and find you the best deals through their app on every ticket in the house, wherever you want to sit, courtside, club seats, upper level, whatever it is, and it's backed by a 100% guarantee. We'll tell you later on how to get some of that money back. But first, Jay, the, the topic that's on everybody's mind, the defense just sucks. And Brad Stevens just flat out coded, actually, said, called the team a finesse team. Yeah, which that, that one hurts, man. Like that—that <laughs> that is like a knife through the heart of of the guys in that locker room. Like Marcus Smart hears that, and he's probably like fuming. Avery Bradley hears that, and he's probably fuming. Like that is one term that those guys definitely do not like to be called. Yeah, that's that's worse than calling them soft because saying that they're soft you can kind of be like ah eh, all right you know i mean he's just kind of more saying they're a finesse team kind of gives that implication like that's just who you are it's not that you're playing soft it's that you know we're we're just not tough we're a finesse team there are tough teams and finesse teams and that's who we are and that you're right that's like worse especially yeah. those guys must have just lost it when they saw that yeah Steve, stevens knew exactly what he was saying when he called them a finesse team. He, he wanted to get under their skin a little bit. He wanted to spark them to become less of a finesse team. Yeah. By the way, back to my original point before the season started, that Brad Stevens is doing these little things in, through the media. I don't think he would have said that maybe a year or two ago. So just another little dig, another little thing, another little, I guess, step forward, a step towards Greg Popovich land where you start taking those little shots. By the way, did you – I know you're you were busy. Did you see the, the Popovich quotes? Total aside, the Popovich quotes on him and Tim Duncan. Greg Popovich and Tim Duncan is the relationship I've always strived to, to have. <laughs> they, today, they he, he was asked if – and you guys got to just search it on Twitter. It's out there. It's hilarious. He was asked if he still picks Tim Duncan's brain. He says, oh, yeah, Tim and I, we're like basically in love. (laughs) We text all the time. And they said, do you use emojis? He says, only the ones where they're blowing kisses. It was just (laughs) classic pop. Hilarious. Brad Stevens, not quite there yet. 
Still got a few years before he grows the big gray beard and makes sarcastic comments like that. But he's taking steps forward, and the finesse team uh, really was a shot. And now here's the question. is Obviously, that's not true. But how much of it really is them not trying, which last night they did not try very hard. How much of it is the injuries that put guys like Gerald Green, look, when Gerald Green, you made a note of it in your piece, I made a note of it in my my notes, Wilson Chandler backing down Gerald Green, I think, is a great indication of where the Celtics are defensively, because (laughs) Gerald has to go out there and guard this guy, and the Celtics, the rest of the team, can't really help out, like you you on MassLive.com made a great note of, you know, Avery's kind of like digging down and just trying to do something to disrupt Wilson Chandler, he doesn't care, he's just Boom, 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 backing Gerald Green down, and there's nothing that Gerald could do, or anybody else on the team for that matter. Yeah, so, you know, obviously they're missing right now two of their best defenders in Jay Crowder and Al Horford. Those two guys are just about all-defensive team caliber. They're they're candidates for the all-defensive team, assuming they stay healthy this year. So you not only do you lose them, but then you're putting in guys like Jalen Brown, who's a rookie and still makes a lot of mistakes all the time. And you're putting in guys like Tyler Zeller, who is far worse in just about every single way than Al Horford is. And then you go to the bench, and instead of you know Jalen Brown playing 10 minutes off the bench, he's in the starting lineup. And now you got Gerald Green and James Young playing minutes, and... They're getting destroyed by Wilson Chandler. And so so you've got this whole like trickle-down effect where, okay, you, you ruin the starting lineup by taking out those two guys. Now you're ruining the bench further. And the bench, to begin with, is a little younger than it was last season and probably not as strong as the bench defense was last year just because Terry Rozier, Jalen Brown, those guys have never really been in a rotation. Gerald Green, he's never been a good defender. So... I do think there's a little slippage, especially in that second unit. When the starting five has been together, when it's been healthy, they've been good. And when you get those two guys back, Crowder and Horford, and then you get Olenek back to play minutes instead of, I mean, th- think about the rotation against Denver. Yes, they were terrible. Yes, they were a finesse team. Yes, they did every <laughs> single thing wrong. But your two centers are Tyler Zeller and Jordan Mickey, who won't be in the rotation if if it's a regular thing. And so you lose you lose two your two tallest guys in the rotation in Horford and Olenek. You lose your toughest guy in Crowder. Now you've got a super, super small team. You've got a team that, that's lost toughness. You've got a team that's lost versatility. And so it, it's a huge deal that they lost those guys those guys. They still need to shore a lot of things up. They still need to be a lot better. But I'll I'll, I'll wait to judge their defense until everybody's back and the rotation is what it's supposed to be rather than like it's a huge drop off from the guys they lost to the guys they're playing because of the injuries. Yeah. It's funny. That's obviously this is the the topic. It's the topic. What's going on with the Celtics defense? They are what like half a point above the Knicks of all teams uh, in defensive rating. But I, I don't sit there and watch these games and worry. I just sit there and watch these games and just, Please, 
guys, come back. Like, please, Al Horford, come back. Jay Crowder. The only thing that I'm worried about is some, and this is not a true concern, but uh, some cosmic injury riddled thing where, look, we're six games into the season and we still haven't had a full team yet. Uh, that, and who knows when that's going to happen. Might still be a couple of weeks. So they're, they're going to play at probably nine or 10 games without having their full team back and ready to go at least. So I'm not worried like you, I'm not worried about fixing a defense. I am worried about fixing some of the effort that some of these guys are giving. And I think Brad Stevens made a good point the other night about they're in a bad position. Some of these guys need to be in better position, but we're asking guys who are just not great defenders to be good defenders and there's just nothing you can do about that. There are guys that are cut too deep on the weak side. There are guys that are, you know, I made it a point last night that uh, Jordan Mickey coming to double off of Fareed when Fareed was just standing underneath the basket. Even, even if you look at a bad matchup, you're like, shit, I got to help this guy. The way he did it, the angle he took, the time that he, the, the that actual moment where he decided to come, everything was wrong about that to me. And so, if, if he's the one who's supposed to double, there better be someone rotating behind him to get Fareed. And right, that didn't happen. So, all That's, around, just a lot of a lot of mental mistakes, a lot of errors for the Celtics from guys that aren't. You're you're really not going to. You shouldn't expect to be making great decisions. And yeah, they need to learn. They need to get better. But you know, it, it is what it is. And you know, Al Horford still good. I was just going to say one thing. I do want to point out. You know, we talked a lot about the Celtics' depth coming into the season. They're not as deep as we thought they were. Like Gerald Green has given them nothing. Tyler Zeller has given them very little. Like Jalen Brown, he's had a lot of good moments, but he's not a regularly helpful NBA player at this point either. So all the depth we thought they had, you know, first first sign of injuries, you get three injuries and all of a sudden the bench is yeah. crap, the defense is crap. So I don't think they're as deep as people thought they were. When they're fully healthy, their bench will be an asset. But uh, and, and maybe that's with any team. You know, They lost two of their three best players. They lost an all-star in Al Horford. They lost Jay Crowder, who for most of last year was arguably their most important player. So they're they're losing huge pieces to to the puzzle, and and yeah, let's... there aren't a lot of teams that could survive that. But I the depth that we thought, and th- there are guys in that rotation right now who are not helping them. That that's a fair point, but I'm going to disagree a little bit here. That the depth exists. But you can't throw all of that "quote unquote" depth in at the same time. That's not what the depth. They they have depth. If one guy goes down, then you can stick another guy in there. So okay, Horford goes down, which it's it sucks, and you put Tyler Zeller in there, and that's not great. He has not played great, but you put Tyler Zeller in there with Bradley and Thomas and Crowder. And a Linux or whatever it is, or however you play that rotate, that's a different story than playing him alongside Jalen Brown and Gerald Green. You know what I mean? Like the depth exists at each position where you can say, all right, it's not so bad if we have to play Tyler Zeller a couple of games, but it's, it's 
horrible if you have to play Tyler Zeller a couple of games with a bunch of other guys who are two and three players down on the depth chart. So, no, the Celtics don't have the level of depth like Golden State where you can take out their entire starting five and put in a very serviceable five guys that can go out there and play well. But they do have guys that can step in in a pinch that's not in this extreme situation. So I I think we're just looking at the same thing from different situations. Yeah, I think the I, I depth think is there. That, that when they're fully healthy, the bench will be an asset. When right. you get Kelly Olynyk, Jarebko, Jalen Brown, Terry Rozier, and I'm forgetting somebody. But when you get that full bench healthy and everybody's active, then yeah, sure, that's going to be that's going to help you. But when you have to go deeper into that bench and and you're playing Gerald Green and James Young, and obviously Brad Stevens was just trying anything. <laughs> I mean, yes. he was going to th- three guard, four guard lineups with Demetrius Jackson, who hadn't even played an NBA game before. Brad <laughs> Stevens was so goddamn fed up with that team last night. He was ready, like he. he I, I I didn't see him actually leave the bench before halftime, but uh, someone said that he left the bench with like three seconds and just started walking to the locker room. <laughs> that is a very not Brad Stevens thing to do. Yeah. He, he does not want his team to be a finesse team. That guy always wants to have the toughest team out there. And right now the Celtics, and part of it isn't just toughness, they're just super small. Like they're playing lineups with Isaiah Thomas, Avery Bradley, and Marcus Smart, and you can get away with that sometimes. But you can get away with that when you're playing like Jay Crowder at the four and he's super tough and he can hide the, a lot of things because he's fast and smart and strong. But when you're playing that with like they've tried Gerald Green in that spot at times or like it's just they need their full full – they need everybody. Once they get everybody, they will start climbing up those defensive rankings. But so far, goodness – yeah. <laughs> well, look, let, let's be fair here that they can go out there. They've given up 120 points a, a few times now, but they could just as easily give up 80 points in, in three games. It could be their next three games for all we know, but they they can go out there and, and swing the average. The sample size is small enough where yeah. they can swing the average right, right back. You go out and you hold Washington and the Knicks to 80-something points, and all of a sudden you're flying up the defensive rankings. So They are doing not, just about everything poorly, though. They're, they're not forcing they really turnovers, are. which is shocking. Shocking, shocking, shocking. I picked them to lead the league in turnover, forced turnovers. They're, they're in like 26th right now. They're, they're not defending the arc, although some of that is like, what the hell? Why are these? Why are all these bad three-point shooters getting hot against them? Like I, I Emmanuel don't know, Moutier? That what was sick. The hell, where the hell did that come from? You are the he, worst shooter in the league. All of a sudden, he's hitting like step backs in people's face. And granted, it's like they let him get a few easy buckets, and then the basket starts looking bigger. But yeah, but but you don't expect that from Moody regardless. You don't no. expect Dwayne Wade to do what he did. You don't expect Jimmy Butler to do what he did. So they've had some like fluky games go against them already, and and obviously. In a small sample size, that can swing things, but their defense has not been good. It has been bad. No. It has been bad across the board. There is not 
really a single thing that they have done consistently well at the defensive end. <laughs> Moutier hit like three straight heat checks. <laughs> it was, it was, it's, you look back on it, it's kind of comical, some of the crap he was, he was hitting. Like was three wild. in a row, you're like, it was, I mean, total hot hands, unbelievable. You expect, my fa- guys. My favorite part was he, after the game, <laughs> he gave the credit to Jesus. Like, <laughs> like, that wasn't me out there, guys. Like, there, there was some divine power making me hit jump shots. You know, there's something going on, something weird going on when that ball is going through the hoop for me. But see, that's that's not even divine intervention. If, if Jesus is involved, then Jesus is playing a joke. Like he's like, what? Watch <laughs> me, watch me troll these Boston guys. Watch this. They're gonna really shit themselves when they see this. Seriously, like, how? Do, there's no like, you know what? Emmanuel Moutier deserves to go off for 24 points in a quarter. No, there's no being alive, spiritual, or whatever that would sit there and say that. You, that's that's a joke on somebody. Yeah, Maybe was, Danny Ainge pissed somebody off. I don't know, but somebody, somebody somewhere got got uh, played a joke on Boston through Emmanuel Moutier. So anyway, <laughs> anyway. That's the defense. At some point, the defense is going to click. And it may be, maybe you can see it in person if you use the SeatGeek app. You can download the SeatGeek app. You can go. You can sit courtside. You can sit in the mezzanine. You can sit up way at the top in the bleachers, in the, uh, in the balcony. Bleachers. Jesus Christ, John. Up in the balcony, wherever you want to go, SeatGeek has the tickets for you. And they're backed by their 100% guarantee I've used the SeatGeek app. Jay doesn't need to use the SeatGeek app. He gets that wonderful corner seat all to yourself, Jay. With Press pass, baby. That's it. <laughs> but if you're not Jay King and you want to go to a game, what you do is you download the SeatGeek app. They will help you get the most bang for your buck. Every ticket on SeatGeek has given a grade, so you can see right away the underpriced seats, the ones that fit your budget, the ones that you want to exclude because they don't fit your budget, it's right there. It's all color-coded. It's super, super easy. You can just do it last second even if you want. You could just be at work, decide, you know what? I don't want to go home tonight. I want to go to the game. You could walk on your way. You could download the app while you're walking, get your tickets, and if you enter the, the promo code LOCELTICS, you're going to get a $20 rebate off your first SeatGeek purchase. Very simple. You go into the settings tab, click add a promo code, enter the code LOCELTICS. They will send you $20 after you've made your first ticket purchase. Then you just use your phone. You show it to them, and you don't even have to print anything. Boom, you're in. You're sitting down. You're having a beer. You're watching the game. You're watching maybe the Celtics hold the Knicks to 82 points on Friday night. That is an official prediction, by the way. So check out the SeatGeek app. How about that? Check out the SeatGeek app. Enter the promo code LOCELTICS, 20 bucks back after you've made your first ticket purchase. Okay, enough of the defense. The defense is t- terrible. At some point, at some point, this is going to change. What we hope does not change is the offense, which we sit here and make all of these complaints like, oh, all these guys are out, so we can't really judge what the defense is going to be. But all these guys are out, and holy shit, they're scoring a ton of points. Yep, they are. And and they're, <laughs> How? Doing, they're doing it like in ways that probably people didn't expect. If you look at the three point made leaderboard, 
It is the Houston Rockets, Cleveland Cavaliers, Portland Trailblazers, all teams that everybody knew was going to be launching and making three-pointers. And then it's the goddamn Boston Celtics <laughs> hitting 11.2 per game, shooting 38.3%. Who the hell are you and what have you done with the Boston Celtics? But, you know, when you look at it, all the, the mid-range pick and pops that used to go to Jared Sullinger, those are going to better shots. Avery Bradley, instead of settling for tough jumpers, He's starting to create for others. He's getting into the paint, spraying it around. You got Isaiah Thomas, who looks even better this season, more efficient than he was last year. Al Horford, when he played, really helped things. Jay Crowder had a nice little rhythm going. Jalen Brown somehow has been super efficient for most of his games so far. So all all good right now with the Celtics offense. I, they won't end up number two in offensive efficiency like they are right now. But I'm I'm very comfortable in saying that they're definitely a top 10 offense, maybe a top 5 offense. That is, all of a sudden, the team that couldn't shoot is a legitimate offense. And they've been scoring without Isaiah Thomas on the court. Really no problem. So, wow. Yeah. That's, that's <laughs> nice. <laughs> it, it is nice. It is nice. Uh, I think Avery Bradley has been a huge a, a surprise and a, he's had a huge impact on this offense where yeah. he's making plays the 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 pass that he threw up ahead to Amir Johnson that alley-oop that that was a sick pass his passing has been out of control and I don't you don't see a lot of alley-oops straight on kind of over the top of the guy that was nice you know it's almost like a uh a, a pass from brady to you know gronk where he's catching it over the shoulder except he goes up and and throws down the alley-oop that's not a pass you see usually alley-oops come from some sort of angle so that was a beautiful pass so avery bradley is shooting first of all he's shooting 48 percent on the season so far, he's shooting 44% from three and he's taking a ton of them and he's taking them off the bounce. He's taking, he's taking some tough shots. Avery Bradley is a much improved player. That dude, man, he, he always comes back with, with another layer to his game. I, and I don't know if this is sustainable, but you know, you look at the, we've talked about this. He's, he's averaging almost nine rebounds a game. That, I don't think is going to last at some point. He's going to be back off and, and come back down to somewhat normal. Well, you think that, and then he goes out and gets another 11, you know, I know it's weird, but yeah. I think his offense, I think his shooting and his playmaking, that stuff that looks legit. Like he's not hitting bullshit out there. He's out there hitting confident jumpers and taking guys off the dribble, hesitating, crossing over, attacking. He's, He's really taking it to another level, and I hate to use that cliche, but there's no other way to say it. He's taken his game, and he's raised it to a level that I didn't think was possible for him. All, all summer, we talked about the guy that we probably would trade is Avery Bradley because we've probably seen him at or close to his ceiling, and I will be the first person to admit that that was completely wrong 
because he busted through what I thought his ceiling was. And I don't know. Is he going to average 19 points a game for the rest of the season? I mean, Maybe. He's averaging 19 and a half, 8.7 rebounds, and 4.3 assists, which is more than double his top assist total ever. Like, this guy that's, came back. That's an, th- those are all-star numbers. Those are easily all-star numbers. For Avery Bradley, especially with the defense that he plays, you look at him and everybody already knows that he's a, a first-team NBA all-defense player. Then he goes off. If he's maintaining anything close to this, even if he drop it down to 17, 6, and 3, that's all-star know. level. I don't know. There's a lot of good guards out there. A lot of good guards in that Eastern Conference. Yeah, but that's he's if the if the Celtics are sitting there in the third seed and you're looking at, at this happening, I think it's Isaiah Thomas and Avery Bradley that get the nod. Ooh, I, throw, I don't know. Throw, throwing Horford out of there already, man. Well, it's <laughs> I'm not saying I'm throwing him out, but I mean you look at the the way these who are you gonna put in the all star game? A guy look it's just numbers wise. I, again, we're we're really jumping the gun with the all star stuff. I'm just saying that Avery Bradley right now has got all star numbers. Yep. He does. Avery Bradley, legitimate all star numbers right now, six games through the season. He has been unbelievable. And, you know, they, they just seem this year like they're more committed to getting good shots. Like last year, there were long stretches when it would be pick and pop, Jared Sollinger misses a jumper. Pick and pop, clang again. And it, they would just go through droughts because time after time, they would take reasonably low percentage shots. This year, there hasn't been nearly as much of that. Like, they are they are taking a lot of good shots. They are hitting just about everything. As as bad as the defense has been, I do think that will that will be fixed as soon as everybody gets back healthy. And if you can fix that and even approximate what everyone thought was going to be a top five defense, and now all of a sudden you have this powerful offense to go with that. I, I almost think, even though you know the Celtics have been a finesse team, and even though they've looked bad a couple of times already, th- what three, three or four times already in a six-game season, I think I almost think it's promising. Like you're, you're, you're going. The defense is going to get better. I, I have no doubts that the defense, which was number four last season, is going to improve. It is going to to level out where it's supposed to be, which it'll return to top 10 level once everybody's healthy but the offense has just been so promising and so I I almost think that as as disappointing as the start has been from the standpoint of there hasn't always been effort there hasn't always been defense you know they they could be significantly better than three on three at least you would hope they they wouldn't puke all over themselves a couple of times like they have already but I, I almost think as disappointing as it's been, it's also promising because that offense might now match the defense. And if it does, you've got yourself a really, really tough team. Yeah, look at it realistically here. When you're scoring a lot of points, the numbers come from a lot of different guys. And well, first of all, right now, the Celtics have five guys who are averaging in double figures. Crowder, Horford, Smart, Thomas, Bradley. Now, Smart's actually... 
hitting a couple of threes. I mean, he's up to 31%, which for him is an improvement. But <laughs> that's <laughs> legendary for him. <laughs> <laughs> you look at you look at the rest of the guys. Amir Johnson's giving you seven and a half. Tyler Zeller's giving you eight. Brown is giving you eight. Rozier six. Uh, the, all of those little things they add up. They're they're not averaging double digits, but they're all kind of close. So there's a lot of guys getting a few touches and they're making them. The Celtics are shooting about 49% from the field, which is really good. They're shooting 38% from three, like you mentioned, which is really, really good. They're doing it all without the benefit of turnovers. When we talk about the defense improving, they haven't gotten any of those fast break opportunities that they used to get a lot of last year. Yep. So some of the some of this offense that we're seeing might go away a little bit, but that could get offset by when the defense shows up transition baskets so and isaiah thomas is still only hit third not even 32 percent of his threes so he needs to get going with that i think i think the offense even if it changes a little bit can still stay pretty good and once that defense comes along then you got you got a pretty good thing going and they have the best assist to turnover ratio in the league at 2.2 even against denver when they got smacked 31 assists, 11 turnovers. Those are some huge numbers. And and they're doing that pretty routinely. Right now, they're behind only the Golden State Warriors in assists per game. That's some that's some pretty that's, impressive stuff. They've they've yeah. got Avery Bradley throwing assists. They've got Marcus Smart coming off the bench with some playmaking. They've got Isaiah Thomas obviously doing it. Al Horford, great passer, maybe the best passer on the team. So they've got a lot of guys who can really pass the rock. And when Kelly Olynyk gets back and when Jay Crowder gets back and when Al Horford gets back, there's just a lot of skill up and down the roster. So I, this offense, again, I don't think they'll stay at two all year. It's a top 10 group, definitely. Definitely a top 10 group. Uh, a really promising start from the offense and especially from, from Avery Bradley and Isaiah Thomas, the two, two Tacoma boys. Yeah, I agree. I agree. You know, Isaiah said you have to look at Thomas and Bradley as one of the top backcourts in the NBA. It's hard to argue through six games that they're not at least in the in the category, in the in the team picture of best backcourts. They're, those two guys have played exceptionally well, exceptionally well. We'll see if that continues. Uh, Al Horford hopefully will be coming back soon. Although I'm starting to lose confidence that he's going to make it back by Wednesday because he had, it seems like some sort of setback. Today, uh, Brad Stevens said that he is not advanced in the concussion protocol. So the the concussion protocol for anybody who's listening, that is in the NBA's hands and the team doctor's hands. That ultimately, at the end, the NBA's person in charge of the concussion protocol has the final say, and there's a certain. Apparently, it's a team doctor that has the final say, but he has to discuss it with the head okay. of concussions in the NBA. Right. So uh, he is involved. He is involved. Yeah. But each each step is an increasing workload, and after each increase in the workload, you have to show no signs of the concussion. So somewhere along the way, we saw Al Jefferson. I mean, oh, Jesus Christ. Why did I say Al Jefferson? <laughs> oh, my God. Days, man. <laughs> wow. Where did that, that come from? I mean, you watch, you're watching Gerald Green right now. 
I Sometimes guess Al Jefferson just comes up. Wow, that unlocked a memory. Al Horford. We watched Al Horford running a treadmill the <laughs> other day. I just shocked the hell out of myself. We watched Al Horford run on the treadmill the other day. And so he was advancing, but apparently there was some sort of setback. So he has to go through all of that again. Uh, and Kelly Olenek, right around the corner, maybe he could. I don't know. What do you think, Jay? You think Olenek is coming back Wednesday, Friday? What's the deal? I mean, he was questionable Sunday. At Monday, he says, I don't know. So we'll see. I, I feel like one day he's just going to show up at the gym and he's going to play. <laughs> We're not going to know about it. We're going to talk to Brad right before the game and he'll tell us that Kelly's playing and that'll be it. That's that. So, yeah, so, I mean, he's really close. Kelly Olenek is, is definitely very close, which is a big deal. They, they don't. They need so much size too. Like every big guy they can get is is huge. Every, Crowder, yep. Horford, Olenek, those are three of their their biggest guys. So yep. really need all those guys back. Need that. Definitely need that. Uh, and then hopefully Crowder, who is progressing well, he'll be back at some point, maybe next week. We hope. But he has said that he will not rush it back. So I guess the summary here is the defense sucks, but it's going to get better. The offense is great, and we hope it doesn't drop off too much. Uh, before we go, some weird, a weird thing involving Jalen Brown and uh, in my old age, a, a rapper that I don't even know. Designer. Des- designer. He has some rap song called Panda. Oh, that deal. guy? Yeah, that guy. Oh, God. He's one of those trap rappers. Like, those, I, I hate that music. Yeah. That, he just says panda a bunch of times. And then he mumbles through a bunch of verses, says two things people understand, and then he says panda like 20 times again. <laughs> so that's the, whatever. So, okay. So, so Jalen Brown and, and, the, and the panda guy were so supposed old, to be man. at the mall. We're so old. I'm still listening to Eric B and Rakim, so. So I'm cooler than all you assholes who listen to Panda. <laughs> whatever. So, so I'm with, you, I'm with you. Whatever. Panda and Jalen were at the the mall and shook it out of hand. Uh, like a thousand people were there. Apparently, there were some people throwing stuff at police. The police brought out the pepper spray. <laughs> it was just. Apparently a wild, wild scene. They had to call 30 cops from Boston to Cambridge to help out with the crowd control. Jalen Brown, man. That, see, that's that's when you know you've made it. When, when you go to sign autographs for people and a riot with more than 1,000 people breaks out, that, that's pretty – like you can see Jalen Brown is like retweeting like – Stories about the crowd control and stuff like that. I, I feel like he's proud of this. Like, yeah, that's right, guys. <laughs> that's what happens when I go to the mall. Look, at the, look what I caused. <laughs> uh, although, uh, apparently, Designer has a a big fan base. I, I'm embarrassed for the, the younger generation. I, I'm going to sound like <laughs> such an old man right now. But I'd Panda? S- I'm with really, you. Guys? I'm with you. Panda? I don't know. I don't get it. But that's fine. That's fine. Look. I know when I was a kid listening to what, you know, the stuff I was listening to, some old guy would be like, oh, what are you doing? What's that crap? But, you know, that's fine. This is what the kids want to listen to. That's what they listen to. I don't like it, but that's that's this, fine. This you was, listen to your trap music, whatever. 
This was the oldest I've ever felt, though. It was when I, I was writing the story about it, and I had to Google <laughs> is designer a rapper. <laughs> uh, he he could have been a singer, you know. I, I didn't know. I had no clue. So that was that was the oldest I've felt yet. At, at least I knew I knew the panda thing. Like I knew there was a guy who sang a song called Panda or rapped the song called Panda. I remember I've heard it. I I hate I, it. I I actually I, 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 I went and found the song. I had heard it. Actually, I think I think some of the guys have played it in the Celtics locker room. I think that's where I've heard it. Because they're all like twenty years old. Yeah, that's the way it goes, man. Life passes you by real fast, real fast. And I, like, I'm a hip hop head, like, but I, I can't, I can't be listening to songs called Panda by some guy named Designer with two eyes. Get the <laughs> hell out of here! I would riot against that. Too. I would riot. I would riot just to rebel against his music, man, and rebel against the state of hip hop in general. Oh God, I do, I do. I miss the good old days of hip hop music. <laughs> Uh, anyway, all right, that's a good place to to end. Hey, if you want, if you like Panda and designer and all that <laughs> stuff, I'm sure you can use the SeatGeek app to buy tickets to one of his concerts or something. There you go. There you go. So you download the SeatGeek app. It's age. There's no age limit on it. You could be 20 years old yelling at me and Jay saying, you old guys, you're not cool anymore. We are, by the way, but you cannot, you can think we're not, you can still use the SeatGeek app, download that. Use the promo code promo code LO Celtics. You will still get twenty bucks back after making your first purchase, just like anybody else. Or if you're old like me and Big Daddy Kane is making a little tour with a bunch of other old rappers, I'd certainly buy tickets for that. I could use a SeatGeek app for that. Or whatever. You don't have to use it for that. You can go to a Celtics game, you can go to a Patriots game or whatever thing it is in wherever city you are, you can do that. All right. That's it. That's the show. No riots for us. We got to do a live show, Jay, and see if people will riot for us. I think we can get riot. If 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 the panda man can get riots, then <laughs> then we can incite riots too. Yes. One of these days we'll do a live show somewhere and see if people riot. I'm really hoping that <laughs> I'm I'm just really hoping that people show up. I, that would be the proudest moment of my life if if police had to pepper spray People <laughs> at our show. That, that Come on be... down. Watch the Rain and Jays. Free pepper spray for everybody. Yep, that would be it for me. That would be the highlight of my entire life. That's pretty sad. All right, that's the show, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Rain and Jays podcast here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Rejecting the screen has been retweeted by Kobe, Dame Lillard, and Vince Carter. So it's fair to say you should give it a shot. I'm Noah Kozlov. And I'm Adam Stanko. Rejecting the screen hits your feed every Tuesday and Thursday. On Tuesday, we talk hoops and a little bit of life. On Thursday, we go ISO with a guest. Stories from anyone and everyone who has touched the NBA with tales we promise you've never heard before. Find Rejecting the Screen right now wherever you get podcasts and hit that subscribe button.